You know, our last session, as we continue to talk about taking care of you and taking care of yourselves and um, trying to send message, messages out to the wider world, a few things came up and I had to process that and I really want to recapture that and bring it back to the ongoing conversation. My initial intention was for us to talk about self-care for about one or two sessions. But you know something? One or two sessions wouldn't cut it. It seemed as if we, we should have this ongoing conversation because all around, all around me and all around you, we see how we need to continue taking care of ourselves, but we see how our loved ones are struggling or stumbling or excusing or rationalizing or ignoring the whole concept of self-care. Now, Tori touched on a topic last at the last session, which was a topic of mental health. And I feel it's important that we get back to that because that's a topic that is actually never talked about. It is so common and easy for us to get into a social gathering and talk about the hypertension or the broken arm or the twist ankle or the, 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 the ringing in the air, but almost never talk about mental health. And we must realize that mental health is the core of the self. When we talk about the self, we're talking about the core self. I often say to my audience that the body is just the shell. The body contains the emotional, the psychological, the spiritual self, and they are the drivers of who we are, how we be, and how we will become. So mm -hmm. today, and welcome, Tori. So as I'm picking up on the conversation that Tori opened at the last session about mental health, and some of the obstacles and challenges we all have with mental health, I feel it's important that we touch on it today and as we continue talking about self-care. Now, I am going to switch mental health a little bit for you and uh, we can take it wherever we wish to take it. I'll tell you about an experience that I had the first year of the COVID, which was 2020. For 2020, I volunteered, for those of you all who know and don't know, I was a nurse for many years, and then um, since the 70s, and then I became, went into medicine, and I became, I got a position at Toronto General and Toronto Western Hospital as a, as a consultant, a psychiatric consultant. And so after leaving and going out in my own private practice and all, I still maintain a lot of connections and my practice was extremely, extremely, extremely busy, partly because I was seen as the only black woman, feminist, psychoanalyst, psychotherapist in town. So it was a very, very, very busy practice. But when COVID started, a number of nurses and doctors reached out to me on a volunteer capacity to talk to me in a one-to-one -one session about what they were going through in, their, in the workplace. And I, I recorded that I had 10 nurses and two doctors. They were speaking to me once a week, like in a session on individually, but, um, and I was volunteering. It was not a paid, was not a paid program. Now, the first few who reached out to me, introduced themselves and told me what they were going through with COVID as a frontline worker. And they were nurses. But along the way, I think in March or April, two male physicians reached out to me and told me what they were going through with the COVID and the influx of cases and, the, and how they were feeling. 
So the sessions were very intimate and the sessions, of course, were very confidential. However, what was very apparent was the nurses all came on individually and talk about their, their sadness, feeling burnt out, feeling tired. And I would often say to them, which I often do with every, every, almost everybody I treat, I would say, aren't you angry? And what I heard was, no, 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 no. I'm just so sad. I am not angry. But the male doctors, the two men who came into my practice on the volunteer practice, began to talk to me and said, you know, Roz, I am so pissed. I am so angry at what the government is doing, that they are pushing and pulling. They are opening, they are closing. They don't know what the hell they're doing. I am so angry. Now, mm. that tied into the conversation that I've been having for the last 50 years or maybe more with women about how easy it is for women to feel sadness and how difficult it is for women to feel anger. And how easy it is for men to feel anger and at no time. And at no time for the 12 sessions that those two men had with me, at no time they were sad. They were pissed, they were fed up, they were angry, and they were mainly angry with systems and government. Um, but the women in my practice who were the nurses, they were all so sad. You know, I can't get up in the morning. You know, I'm so fatigued. I feel I'm burnt out. I am really tired. I'm really disappointed. I'm really sad. I spoke to my psychiatrist and this is what was ordered for me. And this. Now, so let's go back to the conversation about self-care and how easy it is for all of us. Now, for those who know me, I don't know what it is to be sad. And I, every Christmas, while my family wait for Christmas breakfast, I would go for a run. And I would force myself to cry or find something to cry. I would run, run, run. My family would be waiting and, and maybe I go on an hour or two hours and they would be really, you know, the waiting and the kids with the toys, they wait for me to get back. But I would be, I would find sadness in me. But on a day-to-day -day level, I'm easily pissed off. I get <laughs> pissed off. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get pissed off for the moment and the next moment I'm back to normal. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would say to my sisters who worked with me for 2020 of the COVID um, therapeutic sessions that anger is a valuable emotion. It energizes you. It allows you to do big projects like we have done. I built a healing place based on anger. That, that healing center was built on anger. But at no time I looked angry. At no time I disrespected or cussed anybody. At no time I did anything illegal or wrong. But I knew I was angry the way women were being treated, not just in Canada, but in the world. I was angry the, the way they were living after they left the abusive situation when I saw the building they were living in. I was angry that they were underfunded and they were secondary to the system. I was angry that between themselves, they were projecting their own anger onto one another. So I was really angry. But anger is a healthy, healthy, healthy emotion. And I say to us as women, don't be afraid of being comforting your own anger. Anger is not about throwing up a plate or cussing someone or striking out or saying, 
Anger is about, uh-huh, something is wrong here. I need to change it. Why am I feeling this way? What can I do to make a difference, to make it better? So, and that is part of the mental health, the wellness of health. Because as I said today in one of my meetings today, I said, if we as women continue to be feeling sad all the time, we'll always be depressed. We'll always be unable to get up and finish the course. Always unable to get up and, and do what we need to do to make a difference. We'll always be, will not be able to reach our goals. We'll never be able to achieve what we set out to do. And we will be constantly swallowing the Prozac. Prozac is an person. And this pharmaceutical company will always be wealthy. Take it on, Tori. <laughs> I know you have the similar values and beliefs that I do. We came yeah. from a very much a similar place of, of struggles and hardship. Yeah. First of all, let me say how well you articulated everything that you just said. So impressed. But I am I'm very similar to you. I have no problem getting anger and everything friggin' pisses me off. My husband re regularly mentions to me, you know, he's afraid to say this or to say that because I get angry. But like you, I let it go. I'm angry in the moment at this yes. circumstance and I'm comfortable with my anger, but I'm not an angry person. And yes. I seldom feel sad unless somebody dies or, right, something really tragic. I rarely feel sad. And it's such an important point you're raising, Roz, with women. And it's okay to be angry because we're raised to be nice and polite and ladylike and don't swear. Well, fuck that because I do swear. It's very cathartic. It's a great word. I try to do it in an appropriate way in this platform. Right? I know when I should and shouldn't swear. Maybe I shouldn't have swear just now. But that's a part of how I express my anger and my frustration. Sometimes a frustration comes first, then the anger, then I swear. I say what I need to say. Boom. I'm moved on to the next thing. But I, I can't thank you enough, Roz, for raising this issue and saying that it's okay, not only okay, but we need to be able to express our anger because when you're angry, you can be very powerful. Men learned yes. that a long time ago. You raise your voice as a man, what are women going to do? They're going to hush and, oh. You raise your voice as a woman, it can be powerful. It can be very, very powerful. So, so I just uh, want to give you a little story. When Victoria worked for me and with me about 25 years ago, she would just be, I came from Montreal and I'm a good girl. In the way we were brainwashed. <laughs> in the brain, and the way we were brainwashed, you don't use obscene language, right? In my world. I've never used an obscene language before I came to Ontario. And Victoria is working for me. And we staff me. And Victoria is like, bow, bow. <laughs> and one day I said to Tori, can you please tone it down? Can you stop using the word? But I learned from Victoria. I learned the word. And until today, I tell my, when I, you know, once in a while, I use it for fun. I don't use it when I'm angry. I use it for fun. And I would say, Victoria taught me that, you know, because I've never <laughs> used the word before coming to, to, to Ontario. Victoria, to, and until today I say that, Victoria is the one who taught me to swear, you know. <laughs> but I would use the word for, I feel empowered. Mm -hmm. I, I once sat in therapy and I was telling my therapist that I don't use the word. And she said, why not? I said, because there are so many other words I can use. She said, but don't you feel empowered when you use it? And I thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
You know, I, I wasn't prepared for, you know, discussing anger. I, I'm, I'm thinking about it as you, as, as we're talking about it. And I think we're taught, you know, as, as being women, young little girls and so forth, not to display anger. It's a, it's a bad thing. It's a wrong thing. I, I have always been verbal and I've always been strong and assertive and said my, my piece. I, I don't know if I've ever labeled it as angry. I think I'm more assertive. And I actually had a meeting this week with um, a client and, and we were talking about uh, role models and such. And I said, well, you know, like how, what, what, what kind of uh, role model are you looking for? And I was told, just don't change, just stay on course. And, and I thought, I had not been asked that before. Normally, we're always told to adjust or comply or be a certain way, as opposed to just be you. I don't think I've ever experienced that, that just being yourself was good enough. So if I swore at the meeting or if I, if I was strong and assertive, whatever that was going to be, was going to be just who you should be. And, and I... I'm kind of thinking I don't use, I use anger when all else fails, but I don't think I use it. Um, I don't think I need to use anger. I think I need to use uh, empathy and, and strength when I'm talking and not to back down. So anger is something I don't, I don't think I, I come out of the, out of the closet, or not out of the closet, that's not the right word. I don't come out full guns with anger. I come out with conviction and strength when I'm speaking and I try not to back down. So I, I, I understand what you're saying. I think I haven't been taught or allowed uh, to use anger as you. I think that's very powerful. I think this is a really great lesson. But I, but I think anger is closely linked to assertiveness. Absolutely. It's triggered by assertive behaviors because I'm very assertive. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's always driven, for example, if, uh, let me see, a, like let's say you step on my toes and you step on my toes once and twice and it hurts and I'm feeling this pain and I am going to get something going on inside it. Ooh, ah, and, yeah. and, and anger again. It's not a big explosive thing. It's an yeah. emotion. Yeah. You know, and that would bring me to a place of saying, the next time I see Vita, I'm going to say to her, Vita, I really like me meeting with you. I like to together. However, when you step on my toes, it hurts. Don't yeah. ever do that again. Yeah. It is driven by an, a, a heavy emotion that forms the assertiveness. So, so when we talk about anger, we're not talking about an explosive acting mm -hmm. or human yelling. That's not what it's about. It's yeah. about in that inner strength of assertiveness and bravery and readiness and willingness to say what needs to be said, but to don't have any secondary gains on it. Mm -hmm. Don't hang on to it for tomorrow and, and don't go on and whine and whine and whine. Just let it go. And let it go where it belongs and to who it belongs to. And not mm. to displace it or project it on your loved ones or your friends or your dog or the people around you. Let it go 
where it needs to go. And I think as women, we, we have real difficulty with that. I agree. We go into the, the crying mode when an assertive woman speaks up. We go into, oh, did you hear how she spoke to me? Ah, go tell mommy. You know, we go into a, a place where we cannot see that as for what it is, take what we need to take from it and learn what needs to be learned and let the rest go. I want to hear you, Alicia. I know you've been attentive. Hi. So, as with all our emotions, um, which we have to take each one of them individually and love them, I, I, anger for me is special. <laughs> I would say special. Because like Dr. Ross, um, I have learned to use my anger for the better of me. It has, it has caused me to be more driven. So I find that, you know, I'm listening to everyone and I'm thinking, what has anger done for me? And, and what have I used it for? Have I been using it for the greater good? You know, and I think that I have. I certainly think that I have. You know, there are things that um, when I hear or, or triggers that would come and it, it, it drives me to do stuff, to empower myself, to, to know more, to learn more, to act more, you know, and that doesn't mean, just as we're saying, to take it out on anyone, you know, and I, and there are times because we're all human that you might just feel like me. I just really want to, to just be mad at you. But how does that help you do? Because, I mean, if we're, if we're tying it into mental health, the, the mere fact that you, you crash and burn, if you want to call it that, when you use your anger against you, then all it does is hurt you. It hurts your mental, you know? So actually, I, I kind of love using my anger for the greater good, you know? And a lot of people confuse um, assertion, assertiveness with aggression. Mm -hmm. You know, they would hear a, a strong woman speak out. They would hear you speak about something with passion and they feel like you're being aggressive. But they don't understand that the drive, the determination, the, the courage, the feeling of, listen, I need to get that said and it hurts me and it, it, it angers me and I'm saying it with passion. It doesn't mean that I'm being aggressive, I'm being assertive, I'm being passionate about what I'm doing. So um, as with any other emotion, I think anger is so very, very, very important to, to share and use for the greater good. And to not be afraid to name it if it needs to be named. Yeah. You know, name it in a way that it can be heard no one is afraid that you're going to strike out and do something abusive. Yeah. You know, I say to people that I am, I believe that I'm the most generous and kind person around and I'm kind and I'm always kind, but I'm also straight up. I would almost never go to bed angry. Almost never. If I see that I feel in this feeling and it's real for me, I may just, make contact with where it belongs and try to put it there. And when I was a student at McGill University in Montreal, uh, in my training to be a psycho psychoanalyst, I had the privilege of running a group of 12 patients with cancer um, once a week for six months. It was a research piece. And, and the thesis was about anger as another form of cancer. And it was very clear, the, the outcome of that um, therapeutic research piece for the university was around people who contain anger in their delicate bodies are more prone to being sick. 
Um, and often when I treat clients and they have all these physical ills and stuff, I would ask them to let's talk about your anger. And they would be like, what are you talking about? I'm not angry. And I'm thinking, well, you should get angry at some point. <laughs> and I would hear, often hear women say, because I treat primarily women, I would hear women say things like, I, I never get angry. When we interview women for, for position at the healing place, because it is so important for us to have a healthy staff, a healthy team, and I mean holistically healthy because we work with violence. And if we're not healthy, we will get sick. In the interview, I would ask, there are always two or three questions that I would ask. The program director might have about four other questions. But one question I would ask is, who are you? And often women say, oh my gosh, I don't know who I am. And right away, it's a strike against you in that interview. Another question I would ask is, how do you deal with your anger? Because working in my industry, you mm -hmm. will get angry all the time. Because right through the day, you are hearing horrible stuff. And you would, you would, feel, you would feel it. And when women say, oh, I never get angry across against you too. Most likely, you're not going to be hired. So these are some of the understanding about holistic wellness and self-care that we pay attention to. How could you not feel angry? Nothing makes you angry. And when you feel it, what do you do with it? Do you keep it inside and contain it and build it up and let it manifest into your delicate body? Or do you find healthy outlets to let it go to free yourself so it doesn't make you sick? So, and so these are all highlights and understandings that we as human beings must have in our attempt to have longevity. That feeling of anger and it's a feeling we embrace. Tori, your thoughts. Uh, well, I was, you know, sort of making notes. As what I love about this group is each of us have such interesting and different, but very similar insights. So thank all of you for sharing. And and I was thinking, I feel so fortunate because from, I think I came out of the room freaking pissed off because maybe I came out sideways and I, I should have came out head first. I don't know, but I've had no problem expressing That's anger. Cool. And I was thinking, how do we define anger? Like if I were to ask yeah. each of you define anger, because I heard so many words I heard, you know, about being um, strong, aggressive, assertive, like all these things could be termed as anger, yeah. right? It's just, it's the context, it's what you say, it's who you're saying it to. Are you yelling at someone in anger? Right. Are you expressing yourself in anger, not yelling at the persons per se? But um, I personally have found my anger, my power, my assertiveness, all of that so helpful throughout my entire life because if you want to be heard, you have to be able to assert yourself. We don't train women to do that. Like Vita, you were saying that you don't get angry per se, that you more assert yourself. And in order to become angry, you have to, that comes first, you assert, and then the emotional piece coming out is the, is the anger. That to me, that's the end result, the frustration, the pain, the whatever, whatever, enough. And then you have the anger, which is emotionally expressing yourself but again it's how you do it you know are you name calling are you being rude are you disrespectful all of that 
But if I could say one last thing, because Lord knows I can talk, is to get in touch with that power. I don't even like to call it anger because anger has such a negative connotation. Get in touch with that personal power, that strength that we all have as women, but have not been allowed to express that the way we get socialized as young girls. So I think it's a little different now with the younger gen. I'm older now, right? A younger generation, a little bit different, but still you're seeing a lot of similarities in how girls are still being raised in very sexist, traditional ways, which is not to assert yourself. I had uh, recently as two weeks ago, a male friend of mine tell me I was being so aggressive. And I said, don't mistake my aggressiveness for assertiveness, because there's a, there is a difference. But, you know, if you're a man and you're asserting yourself, whereas as a woman and you're asserting yourself, it's perceived differently. You see, we've been trained, the society has been trained that anger is an explosive emotion. That's how we are, we've been trained. And as women, we've been trained from very early, all cultures, all across the globe, that yeah. you, 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 know, you must be seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. That's a common line. You know, you must be a sweet little thing. You must wear pink, which is soft. And boys will wear pink, which is a harsh color. You know, so we've been trained very, very early, directly and indirectly. So we have grown up to think and feel that that's the way we should be. And that's, you know, you're such a sweet thing. I'm sitting at a production meeting the other day and we are all wearing masks. And one of the women asked the choreographer, um, the choreographer is a grown woman and she, the chief choreographer is a grown woman and she's a mother and a wife and... So one of the, 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 the members in the meeting said to the choreographer, take your mask off, let me see your face. So the choreographer took her mask off and the woman said, oh, you're such a pretty sweet thing. Um, you're such a, a pretty sweet girl. And my paws just raised and I said, Actually, she's a grown woman with children. She's over 18. She's not a girl. <laughs> Just like that. I said that. And then the woman who said that was like, oh, what do you mean? And I said, I want a choreographer to talk for herself. Because a choreographer felt exactly what I was saying, but she did not say. And then she said, I said, oh, she's actually 18 years old. She's not a girl. She's a grown woman. And the, the woman who made the statement said, what do you mean? And I said, and she's actually not a sweet thing either. And she's a strong woman. And the woman who said it said, but she has such a pretty face and she's so soft-spoken and all those are stereotypical languages to accept women. And if that choreographer was there and she was speaking firmly and directly and she was holding people accountable, she was gonna be seen as a B.I.P. something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. When I was finished making that, that statement, there was a little bit of a silence in the meeting. Mm. And I said, is everyone okay? And the choreographer turned to me and said, thank you, Dr. Oz. Thank you very much for what you just said because I could not, I, what I was saying, but I couldn't word it, you know, and hold the person. Because we all in a group together and we all talking and laughing. <laughs> 
together and she was really uncomfortable holding a colleague or teaching a colleague. But I did it because that's what I do. I'm in the business of right. teaching. So yeah. we, we grew up as women to be, to be the queen's, you know, um, to speak the queen's language and to be to behave as <laughs> from the monarchy. We bow, you know, we, sorry, we say sorry for everything. And if you pay attention and you have a conversation with a woman, you would hear how many times she would say, I'm sorry. Well, I just did something very powerful, I think, because I'm here and I'm in the, I'm in the bar of where I'm uh, in our cottage. And my husband has decided to, I don't know, empty the fridge or something. And all I can hear for the last 20 minutes is bang, 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 bang. And I thought, okay, I'm just gonna ignore it and really try to focus on what everyone's talking about. And then I thought, we're talking about angry and I'm getting pretty pissed. And go up and say, I'm sorry, I am doing a podcast. Do you have to do this right now? So. So there, proud of you. There's, my, there's my power. You can call it angry. I tend to think of it as a little bit more firm and solid. And he can hear me right now. So he's got the message loud and clear. And yeah. this is why it's this you. Is yes, Vita. <laughs> we are keeping it real. This is why we right. call it keeping it real. You know, okay. it's it, like when we come together once every two weeks, we don't know. I decide what I bring into the to the platform, but we we don't know what we bring into the platform. You don't know what is coming to the platform, and it was deliberately set up like that, because it's not meant to go and study something or come prepared. It's it's really meant to free associate and to really bring your your thoughts at the moment in the present mm -hmm. and keeping it real. So that that was keeping. <laughs> there you go. Now I can think, <laughs> but I, as I, I'm sitting here, I'm going, is this a setup? Because this is exactly it. And, and I, think, I think most people just, um, like you were saying, Dr. Ross, you harbor things. And yeah. if we don't let that out, it comes out in one way or another in your health, in your relationships. And if you're not honest with yourself that, and, and to whoever is around, uh, you're denying yourself uh, so much and you physically will suffer from it. I, I, I believe that 100%. So I, I think it goes back to showing, or not even giving permission, but really showing how to get angry or assertive or positive, whatever, the, whatever that is, I think we need to do it um, early if you if you teach uh, a young soul to to do it and manage it they'll be able to handle the kids in the sandbox they'll be able to handle um work issues they'll be able to handle relationship issues it it it's a powerful powerful tool to stand up and the anger i think the key to that is to let it go just like let you said go. i think women don't let it go let it go you know, yes. because then after you get angry, you you carry that. Oh, I'm so sorry. I feel so bad, and yeah. and then that yeah. part eats you. So it's a, a mute yeah. point. Yeah. Why did so you even get angry? Yeah, I find women in particular tend to ruminate, which is not very healthy. I mean, sometimes you need to do that, 
But if you keep, you know, bringing it up and bringing it up and then, yeah. you know, you're just holding all that, you know, and then you go and tell another friend and, and then yeah. the, the three of you getting together and you're having a glass of wine or whatever, it comes up again. It's like, stop yeah. doing that. Right. Yeah. The point I just wanted to quickly make is while we need um, the brothers to make room for us to be able to express ourselves in a way with anger, assertiveness or whatever, however way you want to phrase it. We have to um, reach women. Women have to make room for other women who are assertive and strong and powerful because there are natural leaders that will rise. Roz Roach, for example, classic example, right? Because we need leadership. When we're talking about women leading women, men leading men, or just leaderships in general, people with strong, assertive personalities will rise as leaders. And Lord knows we need more women leaders. So, yeah. I mean, it's a very big and very complex problem, but we're touching mm -hmm. on some really, I think, really key issues here today. Yeah. And I, I think, and I think women, women can lead, but when women begin to lead and they get whatever that word is, power, they suddenly begin to become male. They mm -hmm. feel like they have a, a, a studio penis. And they begin to hurt their sisters. They hurt their sisters. And I really talked to sisters about that. You know, mm -hmm. I, was, I was making a talk in the Caribbean in January, in February last year, to an audience of about 500 women. And we were talking about, I was the keynote speaker, and I was talking about sex. And I began to talk to the women about how when you become a leader, how don't hurt another sister. Mm. Pull another sister along. Don't compete with her. Don't, don't deceive her. Don't bash her. Don't judge her. But that is very, very, very difficult for women to do. Mm. But I continue the teaching. I continue the modeling. I continue the loving. You know, because I think when we get into leadership roles and we get into whatever that word power means, and I think each and every one of us got power. When Mia began to work with me, I said to her, I said to her, I said, you're going to be working with three very strong women. So if we hold you accountable for something, don't run home and cry. Just swallow it up and address it because we'll always be kind to you. We'll always be professional and we'll always be true. So this way we don't walk away. Like if I have something to say to my staff, I don't wait for tomorrow. And they don't have to wait for a performance evaluation for me to tell them. But the way I would tell them, I want to believe that they will walk away feeling good about themselves. But they will get it. And it's the formula that I, I teach, which is called the kiss, kick, and kiss formula. I, mean, I, had, an, I had an administrative assistant once, and I had a lot to, to bring to her. And she shared with someone who told me, she went to, after I had a meeting with her, she went to another staff and she told the other staff, oh my God, Dr. Ross loves me. She loves me. She loves me. But in that meeting, I told her the hard stuff, but I was able to kiss her. And then I would kick her and then I would kiss her again. And what it looks like, mm. it looks like I really like having you as my admin assist. You are efficient. You are this. You make me smile. Each day I come to work, I look forward to what you're wearing and what I'm wearing. I look forward to seeing you. However, 
But when you come to work every, every day, half an hour late or an hour late, it really put me in a very awkward place. You've been hired here to do a job, you contracted on it and you get paid for it. So I expect you to be here at nine o'clock in the morning because you are such a good employee. I don't want to lose you. And that, you know, you make this, you bring so much joy in this place. And I really love working with you. So how would you walk out of that meeting feeling, oh my God, she killed me off. Yeah. <laughs> you're clearly, you're clearly, <laughs> she likes me. She likes me. You will walk out feeling she really likes me. And I need to be and there that, on time. And that is what the employee because said, how did it go? And she said, oh my God, Dr. Ross really, really, really likes me. She did <laughs> focus on all the beauty that I brought to her, all the kisses. But she got the message and she changed her behavior. So in my talk to the women in, in the Caribbean in November or February last year, I was talking to them about how we need to stop competing. We need to stop judging one another. We need to stop bad-mouthing one another. We need to stop criticizing one another. And if we can really frame ourselves that way, we'll walk a good path and we'll draw yeah. goodness draw a good energy, we feel good about ourselves and we will not lie in our bed at nights and feel guilty about what wrong we have done to another woman or to women. Hmm. I think that's by example, isn't it, though? Like how, how you, you say you have to walk the walk and you have to show people, women, how to do that because I don't think we're even taught that. We're no. not. No. 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 So so just it, you fact. just showed that great example. Yeah. I, I mean, I wrote that down. I thought that I that is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, can I just say that two things came to mind while while you were speaking and the other ladies? Two words actually: self awareness. Uh, 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 let me just let me just fix this for you, Alicia. Please don't call me a lady. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a black woman. I'm a woman. And if these other, other individuals on this panel, they're all women. They're strong. A lady for me is this sweet thing that behaves a certain way and follow the rules and do it exactly how they're told. That's mm -hmm. a lady. But we are not ladies. And you, right. will, and you will run into that when you come, when you move to Canada to work with us. Yeah. You work with some strong women. Yeah. So it's just average. <laughs> all of all right. so I Thank you, Ross. And don't <laughs> me. Now you have to give her a kiss. Yeah, kiss now you have to give her a kiss. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, oh, definitely. So while the woman was speaking, <laughs> um, I two words came up to, to my thoughts, and it was self-awareness and hurt. Hmm. Self-awareness, because um when we discuss women who tear down other women. I think that there's a level of not um, understanding who you are. So then you, you, you use that opportunity or opportunities to tear other women down. And then hurt because anger and hurt really ties in together as well. Because a lot of anger um, is portrayed through hurt feelings, through stuff that we keep inside, stuff that we um, just, as you say, internalize and not channel it in the right direction. And then we're hurt and we're angry and we, we, we lash out at stuff that 
you shouldn't, you know. So that training, that retraining of the brain, retraining of the person being self-aware and understand who you are, what you are, what you're about is something that I think that needs a lot of work. You know, a lot of people are not taking the time to really understand who they, who they are. What is their true purpose? Who am I? That question that you ask, who are you? You know, just not just a name. Because I can, you can call me another name, but I am still this person. Right? So you have to understand exactly who you are so you would know how to channel your different emotions in the right places so that it would be healthy for you. So that, that, that just came to mind while, while everybody's saying their piece and, you know, just words just keep popping up. And yeah, that's but, but I think Vita said the, the right thing. And the right thing is we just have to model. Yeah. And with all the challenges and obstacles coming our way, we have to continue modeling. I know that there are people who said to me, why you do so much? Stop doing so much for women. They, they're going to turn and kick you in your ass. And I hear that from people close to me. But I continue to do what I do. Yeah. You know, I continue to be kind and continue to be, you know, but I also, not stupid, I know where to put who's going to come in my heart and who's going to just stay on the, prefer. you know, I know yeah. who I put there and who I don't. But um, it's just about modeling and feeling good with yourself because at the end of the day, you would walk, one would walk away and say, well, I did a good day. They could think as they think and feel as they feel and do as they want. And the other thing that comes to mind for me is that when we hurt, we tend to hurt the people closest to us. Yeah. When we project that hurt, that, that feeling of destruction and self-destructive behavior, we tend to hurt the ones that we are closest to. The sure. ones that we, not the stranger we hurt in. We hurt the person closest to us. And that, that's a tough one too. That's a when you were talking about uh, modeling, I started to think about, you know, I had a daughter, uh, she's 21 now, and I always uh, wanted a daughter. I was very glad when I got a daughter, and now she's 21, and I'm rethinking that. No, I'm joking, of course, but I, you know, as a feminist, and I was born a feminist, for sure, 100% wanted to ensure that my daughter, no one would ever mess with her, push her around, that she would be strong, assertive, powerful. Well, be careful what you wish for, because mm -hmm. Lord help us. This woman is, this young woman is a powerhouse, and I'm so <laughs> proud of her. She's still young, so she has to learn how to channel, and she will, because when I was 21, I was a radical feminist. Now I'm just a feminist, not a little less radical. Yeah, right? I, was so I know in time with maturity and life experience yeah, that she can out. and would be a great leader if she chooses to be, whether it's, you know, she's leading uh, in politics or leading in a corporation. So when we talk about modeling, my goodness, this child is so much like me. It's a little bit scary. And then in other ways, totally opposite. But it is so important how we conduct ourselves um, around our children, not just our, our girls, but our boys. boys. You know, when they see, I only have the one child, thank goodness, right? But I have five little nephews, and we're up at the cottage, and they see a very different type of woman. I'm go-karting with them on the weekend. I'm showing them how to go water skiing. I'm in my yes. mid-60s now, right? Yes. So they see a different type of strong, assertive woman, and our Daughters see a, a strong, assertive woman. And so it goes, right? Yeah. Next gen, next gen, next gen. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. And modeling is key. And mm. that's cannot force someone to change or to be how you want them to be, but just modeling. And I believe in that. Yeah. And don't get off and don't get off your tracks. Stay on track. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Can I just quickly say this? I'm not sure where, which direction we're going at this point, Roz, but as you were talking, I was thinking back to those 25 years ago and just to give a little bit of history how I and why I met Roz. Roz was brought into our organization, which was a woman's shelter, because there was a lot of um, impropriety, shall we say, a lot of fighting. And she was brought in to help, in, a, in essence, restructure the organization. And she was such a force and such a powerhouse. And I was, I came away from my individual meeting with Ra saying, she loves me and I love her. She's awesome. I see she's fucking awesome. Wait till I'm saying to the other staff that I had a good relationship with, wait till you meet her. She is next level and she's a sister, which was even so much more powerful for me because you see white women asserting mm -hmm. themselves and doing well and succeeding. And we don't bring along the sisters when we can. And sometimes the sisters are bringing us along because they've already arrived. You know what I'm saying? But it was just such an incredible experience to learn from Roz and to, to see the power of Roz. And it's going back 25 years ago and how she is sort of reorganized this organization that had been in existence for at that point for, oh, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 years and just took it in a totally different direction. And that's what we need. We need strong women, right? Like us who can come in and, you know, change things and be leaders and change makers and shift us and move us forward. Yep, those were the days. And I've had the mm -hmm. privilege of going to all women's organizations in Ontario to do the same thing, to restructure, to mediate, to facilitate, to clean them up, to develop their policies, to develop their boards. So yeah. I was seen as a scary person because I made recommendation to government if government should fund them or not fund them. So I had this extreme amount of power to make you or break you. But I knew that it was the, all, like they, I kept them all afloat. And I fought for them, even if in the front line I, you know, and I treated every single one of them with respect, even if there were times where my heart would break and say, my God, who behaves like that? Why are these mm -hmm. women? and treating one another so poorly. But yeah. I treat them all with, with respect and love. But um, yeah, so that's I how I... So at that time, because I insisted and I made a point of referring to Roz as doctor to yeah. use the title that she had earned. And I yeah. intentionally, especially in front of the board, and that time was majority white women board, right? Yes. Me, she earned that. And that's how I referred to her as doctor... And I remember at one point you saying to me, I don't remember your exact words, but you didn't feel really comfortable with that. To me, I wanted to elevate you because to me, Amaya, you needed to be elevated. This yep. was a title you had earned, especially yep. as a black woman, and in those times, 25 years mm -hmm. ago. I wanted people to know she is a doctor. She has a PhD. She is a black woman. She's strong. Mm -hmm. She's powerful, knowledgeable, professional, all of that. So that was a part of yep. my little to elevate Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. It was a time. So mm -hmm. in our, I know we have Mia with us and she's our tech person, but she's also one of the, the, the one of the, the, the organizers. She makes these, pet, these podcasts happen. She's mm -hmm. behind the scenes. 
and I often want to hear her voice because I don't want it to be with us. And so having said that, I'm going to ask Mia to say whatever you want to say, because I want to hear your voice and I know the rest of sisters want to hear your voice as well. Yes, we do. Thank you. This means a lot. Well, it's very powerful to hear you guys all talk about anger in such a positive connotation. Whereas in, I grew up and we very passive aggressive. So we were thought to shut it down, be quiet and don't talk so much. (laughs) (laughs) When I hear you guys, it, it just makes me feel like, yes, there are women out there that are normal and they could be themselves and they can express all emotions whether it's anger, happiness, whatever that it could be. Um, so it's good. It's good. It's a, very, it's, it's a very positive experience for me. And also a therapy session at the same time, because I hear it and I go, this sounds different. This sounds empowering. It's not like that in my culture or how I grew up, but it is real and it's happening. And this is where I want to belong. So thank you. Thank you. What is your background, Mia? I'm from Uzbekistan. Oh, okay. Interesting. Right. Yes. And uh, I I was born in Afghanistan and raised in India. So I speak multiple languages. Wow. (laughs) But all of of these countries that I grew up, females are very small. We are looked at as second-class citizens. So... I've learned to make myself a second-class citizen, even if it didn't feel right. So every time I sit through these podcasts, I'm like, wow, this is great. I wish my mom taught me this when I was younger. But um, speaking about role models, Dr. Ross is a great role model to me. And I feel loved every time I leave a meeting with her or... uh, if I see her, I, I find it an opportunity to spend even like 30 minutes a day with her on the phone or in person. So very, very grateful and happy to be here. And finally, sorry, sorry, just add, you speak three languages. That in and of itself is incredibly powerful. Yeah. Oh, you. To your intellect that you can learn and be, I don't know how fluent you are, but that you can learn and uh, speak three different languages. That's incredibly powerful. So I'm not proud of you. Thank you. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, you just upped the ante. (laughs) That's amazing. Good for you. And I'm a big believer that uh, there's no accidents. There are accidents on purpose. And I Mm -hmm. think that this is not a mistake or this was meant to be that you and Dr. Roz connected because now you're going to pay this forward. You're going to teach the youngins around you. And mm-hmm. that, and that's how this all rolls out. Yes. We can have as many uh, leaders as we wish, but until we can, uh, we all do our part to spread the word, mm-hmm. that's where the magic happens. And so just hearing you, you know, it's the same thing. We are where we are who we were as kids. We, I mean, where you're born and, and 
you have no control over that, but you do have control over what you do with it. And, and you can make change, even if it's just for yourself, but somebody will see the change that you've made for yourself and pay that forward. So yes. it is that ripple effect that I think is so powerful. That's why I think any it, it's not about the amount of people. It's just the quality of all you just need is a few people to, to catch wind of this and understand that like this word anger, I, you know, I never thought about it when we first started talking about it. And I've got a different take on it. I'm going to be very reflective today and think about, okay, do I get angry? Is that anger? How do I use that? And even just questioning that, I think, is is, is reason for pause and, and you, get, you gain strength from that. But, well, I want to tell you, last week or the week before last, Mia put smile on my face that she does not know about. <laughs> so we have a male contractor, a builder in the building. And he wanted Mia's attention. And Mia is walking up the hall. And instead of calling her by her name, he called her, hey, hey. Miss Mia turned around and said, my name is Mia. It's M-I-A. It should not be so hard to pronounce <gasps> by my name. <laughs> now that you Mia. That is huge for me. So I'm saying to myself, oh my God, she's getting it. She's getting it. A, A, or whatever. Call you by, call me by my name. My name yes. is Mia. Yes, Mia. Yes. Very good. Very Beautiful. Good. Yeah. Uh, you're in the club. <laughs> I already shortened my name to Mia, from Manisha to Mia for people to learn how to pronounce it. Yes. And now he can't, he can't even pronounce that. <laughs> yeah, calling me A. So that is what we talk about when we talk about being assertive and holding people and moving on from it, not lingering and keeping it in your heart. And yes, yeah, so so today has been another, another good day. Mm-hmm. And yes, you touch on the therapeutic piece, but yes, this is another form of therapy for us mm-hmm. because we walk away. Because when you talk about therapy, people think it's about mental health. You have to be crazy and you have to be mentally ill to do a therapeutic forum. But no, Mm -hmm. a therapeutic forum is basically putting out your thoughts and picking up the goodness, you know, going through the mess in it and pulling out the good stuff and strengthening yourself with it. And that's therapy. Can I say one last thing? Because I know we're probably going to end soon. And I know I could be opening up a can of worms and this would not be for this session. And I also know that I may be very unpopular within this group at some point, but that's how I conduct my life. I take risks, I put myself out there because I think we would be remiss as women in this group that if we don't address cultural issues and how women are raised, getting to Mia's point, and also the religion and the various cultures and how it perpetuates um, the role of women. I think that's huge. And I know religion is a very sensitive subject but we have to look at the role that religion plays in oppressing women. Mm-hmm. And That's I don't a big piece. I don't anticipate um, you being on, you know, on, no. okay. and because this is about keeping it real. Mm-hmm. And this is what we intend to do. We are uniquely different, but we are all the same and we are keeping it real. And the F bomb you dropped there, that was really nice to hear because that's the you I know. <laughs> you what the fuck? What the fuck? 
of the day. Yes. So, so I thank the four of you for coming on, taking the time and sharing the moment and Thanks. sharing, giving and taking and learning and growing together. We will be the bomb. We are the bomb. We, we are the bomb. We are the bomb. Always <laughs> a super evening. <laughs> yeah. This is truly the end of session three. Yeah. Podcast, or podcast, keeping it real. Let's talk in two weeks. Stay well. Can't touch this, can't touch this What did you hear, man?